welcome to the City Dance Company podcast. My name is Daniel Roberts, and as is the theme of this series, I'm here today to talk Untamed, the upcoming season by City Dance Company, opening at the Roslyn Packer Theatre, Walsh Bay, on the 18th of October. Fortunately for you, I'm not here alone. My guest host today is a very talented, young and fresh-faced member of Cindy Dan's company. He's also a bit of a self-proclaimed muso, which is why he's joining me for this episode. It's the one, the only, Nelson Earl. Hey, Nelson. Hey, Dan. Lovely to be here. Oh, lovely to have you here, mate. Absolutely lovely. We're sitting here in the uh, workshop office, which I don't think either of us have ever been in before. No, this it's is a new experience. new experience. This is kind of cool in here. It's kind of cool. Um, now, Nelson and I are very fortunate to be chatting to one of Australia's most sought-after composers. He started his career as a dancer and has since then created quite the profile for himself, composing for theatre, dance, and most recently, film. He is the composer of Gabrielle Nankerville's Wildebeest. His name is Luke Smiles, and he joins us now. Hey, Luke. Hello. <laughs> Thanks for coming. Hey, no worries. Uh, so we've been seeing you around the building quite a bit lately. Yep. Um, what are you here? What are you doing? Uh, reworking the score for Wildebeest. Nice. This is an awesome opportunity to, I guess, make a kind of a 2.0 version of the soundtrack. Uh, not as in stereo i mean as in version 2.0 yeah it's 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 really cool it it it's a very detailed soundtrack and it is and there's a lot of ideas that gab and i worked on or touched on uh, when we first made the piece that now we actually get the chance to explore because the piece was first created for new breed in 2014 and um the sort of the process that Gavin yourself went through was you were in the studio while she was creating yep. and you were almost matching the music to what you saw the dancers do. Uh, is that sort of how it, how it started? That's basically it, yeah. yeah. Mm. I, I find in all the work that I do, I, I guess it's from the dance background where I feel like the piece itself is created in the studio. So it's a bit odd if the composer wouldn't be in the mm. studio at the same time. So mm. I really, I am in the, in the dance studio most of the time uh, and then sort of work outside of rehearsal time to create the sound and then feed that back into the next rehearsal and we sort of build it. We, we essentially building mm. the dance and the soundtrack at the same time. Cool. And, and it means that... Uh, both myself and Gab can influence each other. Uh, you know, I'll see some choreography and go, oh, great, I've got this idea for that. And then I'll go away and sketch something up and then show her. And then in that, she'll listen and go, oh, right, okay, that means that I could... Mm-hmm. And we sort of start... It's a nice back and forth between it. you both. Yeah, exactly, mm. yeah. And sort of motivate each other to... Cool. Just take an idea a little Just a quick question. Um, do you ever do, like, live... Like, do you plot stuff live, like, in the studio there? And you'll, you'll give that to her as a bit of inspiration or something? Um, or something to work with? Sometimes. It depends on mm-hmm. the kind of work that it is. Sure. Okay. Uh, the score for Wildebeest is very detailed sound effects edit. Largely. Yeah, yeah, sure. So that's the kind of stuff that is super time-consuming to produce. So it's kind of not the thing that I can Just together. perform yeah. live in yeah, a way. Sure. Uh, but depending on the project, sometimes uh, you know I do work that that way also. If, cool. if if I have a whole bunch of ideas, but the way that those ideas will actually be structured mm-hmm. tend to 
perhaps uh, use Ableton Live in the yeah. in the studio okay, cool. and just be able to sort of jam something out. Yeah. Sometimes that happens during a rehearsal period and then I'll kind of lock it in to right near the end because mm-hmm. the timing of scenes or the just the inherent muscle memory and ti- and timing of dancers performing all of that still shifting usually until yeah. close to the end so I sort of often try and keep it open as well that's nice isn't it because I was going to ask you about um, how choreographers sort of tend to say um, you know a work is never finished um, but sometimes composers don't always have that opportunity mm, uh, it's sort true. of you are you have to produce the you know you you're given this project please produce this music for us or work with us in this way and then that's done you're gone opening night and the choreographer if it's their company tends to hang around so they can keep making so at least with this time you do have a chance to sort of work together and and rebuild again yeah yeah it is it is an awesome opportunity to sort of go that next step that next step yeah it's great which is good Usually in a lot of productions that I work on that I prefer to actually operate the sound. So therefore I am okay, cool. with the piece yeah. in, in, sort of in its entirety of its life. Right. Uh, I guess that's because I, I, I sort of agree that you essentially run out of time. So the audience see where you got to at a certain period in time. Exactly. But it's not like that. Perhaps that creative idea finished there. Yeah. The creative idea perhaps keeps going. Maybe keeps that evolving. never finishes. Mm-hmm. But so it really is awesome that um, every opportunity you get to sort of change it. It's also you don't perhaps truly know what you've made until you witness it with an audience. And it's kind of unfortunate in the usual model where I guess most composers would sit there at opening night and go, oh, wow, okay, and then they leave. Yeah. It's only <laughs> after that moment that you really, you see it with without your eyes. You see it with their eyes mm. and their ears. Mm-hmm. So uh, you, you actually learn a lot about the piece, yeah. certainly on opening night or even after that, you know, and that's, you know, it's it's... In this, with Wildebeest, it really is, again, awesome for this opportunity because we we did witness that with an audience and we did go, oh, okay, cool, this is where we feel the strength is and this is where other areas where we think we could build in more detail or, you know, just sort of shape it a bit differently. Because I guess as well, sound changes um, in a theatre space and it changes when the room is full. Yes. So those sort of... And people react to different things and you, you, you... you know choreographers composers you look around the room and you think oh i didn't think that they would react to that or you hear things back and oh i didn't think about that so again it's it's good that the work comes back in a rep company and you have that opportunity to change it um let's talk about uh where you started luke and how this happened how this journey happened from dance to um to sound design composition um so you were a dancer yes uh and uh like me a uh, bit of a knee injury, um, but uh, I hopefully it will be getting back into the studio soon. Um, yeah. <laughs> but uh, from from there, was it was there an interest for you, or was this something that just sort of fell into your lap? Oh no, it, it always was an interest. Uh, I I sort of try and trace it back to when my folks in the eighties bought a Commodore sixty four computer and 
that was at home. My brothers played games on it, but I was always kind of more interested in the weird sounds that it made and it was sort of a fascination. And, and certainly then with... Uh, I, I got into DJing while I was at uni, uh, you know, playing records and then and then starting to think, well, hang on, there's familiar sound in most of the vinyl I was buying. What is that? What is the bit of gear that composers are using to make that those records you know and sort of just trying to pull it apart and understand how how kind of an interest in how things work you know, how things are made uh and and also just kind of opening my awareness to sounds beyond what a drum machine or a synthesizer can do that you really you realise that the real world is a very noisy place, but there's also some fantastic sounds out there. Mm. So it, it was... I, I was... Uh, I studied dance... Started dancing from a really young age uh, and then studied full-time and then became a professional dancer. What that allowed me to do was to actually get paid and have funds to then start exploring this interest. That's right. So really you could buy gear. Um, yeah. But it meant that I, I never I never yet, perhaps it was a, was a hobby, you know, at the, at the time, but it's the kind of thing that I felt like all I needed was time to kind of explore this a bit more. It's not like just the thing I'm going to tinker away at in the yeah. evenings or okay. over on weekends. I just went, ah, oh, wouldn't it be awesome if to have, you know, a few months mm-hmm. and then... Unfortunately, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, I, I suffered an injury mm-hmm. uh, and uh, it, it was devastating because it was within the first couple of years of my dance career and it was quite a major knee injury. But there was my opportunity. There was, while I was doing rehab, you spend the rest of the day at home. I had about, I think at first it was about three months and that was just amazing. You know, I, I didn't know exactly what kind of music I would make or what sounds that I would produce or even how you do it. So it was really fantastic opportunity to just get a bunch of gear together and go, okay, what is this and what do I do and what do I like and how do I do it? Mm. And, and it actually wasn't even particularly for anything. It was just a, my own exploration. Uh, I was fortunate then, uh, Gideon Obazanek, who I was working with at the time, he then was hearing the stuff I was making. So my first professional uh, commission as a composer was with him. And a shout out to our friend uh, Gideon, who we have spent some time with this year. Uh, Nelson, you, um, you are a muso. Well, is, uh, is this is this true, or have you been lying to me this whole time? Well, I wouldn't I wouldn't call myself a self proclaimed muso. Oh no, that's what I called you. That's what you called me, <laughs> um, and that was a that was a brilliant segue onto me. And I just want to just go back because I will probably follow up with some questions on your brief uh, brief history. But Great. Well, um, this is how this is supposed to work. So that's good. <laughs> <laughs> Can I also say that the uh, crunch. Uh, that you can hear um, that these guys can't because I'm the only one with headphones in and you as a listener will be able to hear this as well as Nelson eating his lunch. He's having a very healthy uh, salad, some nice lettuce. It is a lentil salad. A lentil salad. That's fresh. I am recording this uh, in the dancer's lunch break just so you know 
what that sound is. But a dancer's life. It is. Hashtag <laughs> dancer's life. So Nelson, take it away with what you're going to say. Sorry. Okay, so um, I've always had a very, very strong interest in in music, just as, just as anyone else would have, but I feel like mine is much more profound than, than the average... No, I'm just joking. Um, <laughs> no, 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 but you... Uh, what's the word? Not profound, but eclectic. How about that? Do you yeah. think you have an eclectic interest in music? I think so. Mm. I think that... Um, I think definitely my interest with dance and music goes hand in hand, and I think that... Um, it My interest with music and my understanding of it has is 100% like the main like the direct source of of any movement that I create or I would definitely say that um but growing up yeah I was always really really interested in like the CDs and stuff that mum and dad had collected in their youth and mm-hmm. um so I, I would say that my parents had pretty good you know, music taste. Like, would you say that? Like, to look back on your parents? Yeah. Our parents know I'm not sure I would say that. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Maybe maybe that's on my dad's music, but my mum, no. Uh, Although it definitely still has influenced me. Yeah. (laughs) I'm not going to lie. Um, But, uh, yeah. Uh, In in high school, it wasn't until really late in high school where I I picked up the bass guitar and I was like, all right, I really want to give this a go. It was, like, purely because... No one else played bass guitar, and it was like, everyone wanted a bass guitarist, and I was like, yeah, I can do it. Um, And, yeah, I didn't think I'd be as interested in it as I thought I would be, but it turned into this, like, obsession with it, and making music started becoming a thing, and just, like, playing it was, like, just as good as dance. Like, it was like, I found dance, and that was, like... The best thing. Best form of expression. Form of expression I, I found in myself and then music came and mm-hmm. I found that. Followed, if not, you know, exceeded anything that I, you know, when I performed. But um, I think, yeah, it's really interesting to hear a dancer that has gone into music. Um, because I'm not sure it actually happens that often. No, I feel like it does, yeah, to really. be honest. Yeah. I, I mean, not, not that from p- people that, that I've met or, or dancers that you know, move on to different things because we all know that there is that that end. Um, but it is nice to have someone in the studio who has done what we do and knows how to match that music to what we're doing, Yeah, if, if you know what I mean. Mm. I, I guess there is perhaps a, a concession that I'm given from a lot of choreographers, I think simply because of they, they know my background. Mm-hmm. You know, there's times when... Uh, I've been trying to articulate my idea for the sound to the choreographer. And in doing so, I've gone, oh, do you mind? Can I just grab those dancers for a second? And if we just, hey, guys, can we just do, just slow it down here a little bit? And, and if you do mm. the, on this moment and just, and somehow I'm allowed, you know, yeah. and, and it's really great because then I find that I, I'm really excited with, collaboration so yeah. therefore that really is that's that moment where i'm in there with the dancers and we can then realize an idea and see if the choreographer likes it whereas Club. i guess traditionally it, it certainly there's a bit of a, a wall and most composers i guess don't ever yeah know you can step over it 
Collaboration is key, isn't it? And uh, especially when um, composers, choreographers, you have to have that back and forth. You have to say yes. You have to sometimes sometimes say no. Absolutely. Um, because some, if you don't say no, you get to the end of the project and either person isn't happy with what's being produced. And then it's an even more awkward conversation <laughs> at the end of all of that. Um, you have been lucky enough to work with a lot of different dance companies all around the world. If I go mm. through some of your credits, we've got Australian Dance Theatre, Chunky Move, Dance North, Netherlands Dance Theatre, Rombear Dance Company, Australian Ballet, uh, and of course, Gabrielle. Um, but what's, what I'd like to talk about is your foray into film and sound design. Yeah. Um, you did, uh, you have, you are credited as the sound design or sound Sound designer. Sound designer yes. for um, upcoming film, which is about to be released, Girl Asleep, yeah. um, which is getting really good reviews uh, in, uh, from different festivals and the things I've heard on the radio and whatever. But it did start out as a play yeah. at the Windmill... Uh, Windmill Theatre. Windmill Theatre in, in Adelaide. Adelaide. Yes. The play The play was great. It, again, was perhaps even more ambitious than the, the, the prior works. Uh, and... We, we enjoyed success in Adelaide Festival with its first presentation. And then Windmill were successful in gaining funds through the Hive Fund, which, was a, which is a fund in uh, South Australia for, for film. And so that was the beginning of the opportunity for Girls Sleep to be re- essentially rewritten as a film. Uh, they were successful in raising the funds to be able to produce the film uh, and it premiered Adelaide Film Festival in October last year. And it's been awesomely successful in film festivals all over the world. Yeah, it's very exciting. Uh, it's so good and, uh, yeah, and it hits the cinemas finally uh, this week. Well, congratulations, man. I think it's awesome. Um, awesome. To any uh, dancers out there who are listening to this, I think it's really important to know that there are so many different avenues and so many different ways... Um, to still be involved creatively and to immerse yourself creatively um, in different projects. So I think keep um, your priorities open and uh, open to different people and collaborating with different people because um, the message is that if you stay involved and if you look for different interests, you can still be part of something big and important. Um, that's what's up. That's how it is. Uh, it's also that Gabrielle Nankivel was... she's choreographer for Girl Asleep ah. and, and School Dance. Oh. And, and actually, she managed to get herself onto the film. There's a brief moment you actually see her oh. in the background in one of the scenes. Classic choreographer, she, just can't got... stay away. <laughs> <laughs> it's excellent. There, yeah. There's a Girl Asleep, in, in, the, in the story, There's a it, it's the lead girl's 15th birthday and her mum throws a huge party for the whole school. Uh, they all pile into the living room and there's an awesome dance sequence that Gab choreographed. Well, I can't wait to see it, man. Uh, I will be booking my tickets at Dendi. Dendi. Um, all right, so a little something we've got going on this series. Every guest, I ask the top five questions. Uh, let's go with the first one. What was the first album you owned, Luke? First album? Oh, this is cool. Um... I had seen, this is in the 80s, the film called Breakdance. Oh. And I loved it. And yeah. I went to a <laughs> store at the time. There was a shop called Brashes. Oh, Brashes, yeah. I think I got my first stereo from Brashes. Yes. Yeah. And I bought the soundtrack on cassette oh, of cool. Breakdance. Yeah. The thing is, in the film, there was one particular track that I absolutely loved. Mm. 
And when I was so excited when I bought the cassette, and I sat it. there and played both sides of the cassette, and You're then was oh, devastated. Yeah, yeah. Kidding. it was Tour de France by Kraftwerk. Oh that wow! Never, obviously, was never licensed on the album. Yeah. So I was really crushed. Have you got it yet? Have you got uh, the single? Oh since? yes, yeah. since then, yeah, totally, <laughs> absolutely, yeah. Question number two. Question number two. Is social media evil? Social media evil. Oh. Um, that's a tough one. Has it ever been used in an evil way against you? Against me? No, no I don't think so. I might get Twitter out. I, I'm. <laughs> I have to say, I've never had a Facebook account. Oh, cool! Okay. You're like one of those guys. Uh, I'm, I'm old. Old. I'm, I respect I'm that. Email. Yeah. I do have a Twitter account. Uh, I think. Are you tweeting? Uh, regularly, yeah, occasionally, yeah. not regularly, but yeah. occasionally. Certainly I hate Twitter in, 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 prom- in promoting, uh, you know, it's things, good. things I'm involved in, yeah. and also just for keeping up on news of what people are doing. It is, it is the best I way, really, I guess. I mean, not the best way, but it is one of the ways. I um, I had Twitter, and then I sort of realised that no one cares, so I <laughs> so I stopped. You know, after about five months of tweeting, I was like, no one cares what I have to say. Oh, okay. this is, it's totally irrelevant. Yeah, right. Um, but I'm not trying to promote. Uh, anything I don't have to do that yet let's go into question three um, if you could change one thing about yourself Luke Whoa. what would that be big question very big question it big is question. I reckon I would like to be taller yeah I think the Nelson. world works I think the world just works differently if you're a, a bit taller yeah well, uh, we'll uh, Sam Young, right, one of the dancers in the company, he, we'll, we can talk to him later if you like and, and see what it's <laughs> yeah, like. See what it's like. Yeah. Seven foot tall. Make you feel <laughs> even worse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. totally. Yeah, I think, you know, long haul air travel would be problematic being tall. Yeah. But, yeah, somehow I think perhaps it'd be interesting to look at or down on things and not always be looking <laughs> up at the world. Yeah. It's an interesting thought. <laughs> Question number four. What was the last TV series you watched all the way through? All the way through... Ah, oh, that would be Breaking Bad. Yeah, nice. Yeah. Classic. Awesome. I, I have to admit, though, I've not really seen many TV series. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that one... I think uh, if, if you've seen Breaking Bad, then that's almost... In my opinion, one of the shows that's really all you need to see. It's really, yeah, it's an ep- epic milestone in the history it of, is, of though, it really television. Is, yeah. It's just incredible. Matthew Whitted actually gave me the DVD of season one and, and said, man, you got to check this. Mm. And I think it, it had already been out a couple of years mm-hmm. by then. Mm. Yeah. But then uh, I, I totally got into it and eventually ended up buying the rest of the series and watch it all. Yeah, it's amazing. It's awesome. Actually, season one of True Detective. Oh, yeah. Also. Also incredible. Also I need awesome. to get around to that. Yeah. Oh, there's... I think, actually, in both those examples, there's just brilliant direction, brilliant writing, yeah. and, you know, and the use of sound is just excellent. Mm. And it's also the breaking up of a narrative. It's a different... Um, uh, this is what interesting uh, about some TV shows today is how to tell stories and it's so unconventional um, and then somehow becomes so much more interesting. Oh, exactly. Um, which I guess is a tie into contemporary dance <laughs> in a way. Um, last question Have you ever flown first class? Unfortunately, no. Yeah. No. I, I always wish I could have flown on the Concorde. Ooh. 
Yeah. What is that? The Concorde was was a, a supersonic aircraft, which was decommissioned when after a fatal incident in Paris, I think. Mm. It was. You may have seen it. Really long, sleek plane with a real pointy nose, okay. and it flew at quite, way higher altitude than than jets now, mm. and flew really fast. Uh, and the whole cabin was first class. That was it. The oh, whole plane wow. was first cool. class plane. It's probably mega expensive. Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah, but yeah, wow. Well, here's hoping um, Oscar nod for Girl Asleep, then maybe they'll <laughs> get you over there in first yeah, class. Um, Luke, it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you. Nelson, absolute pleasure as well Thank having you, you having here. Thank Thanks, you. guys, for um, sitting here and having a chat. And um, we look forward to the opening of Untamed at Walsh, sorry, at uh, the Wilson Packer Theatre, Walsh Bay, on the 18th of October by City Dance Company. Thanks, guys. No worries. Thank you. Well, that's it for this episode. You can find Sydney Dance Company on Facebook, also on Twitter and Instagram at Sydney Dance Co. If you enjoyed this podcast, make sure you go to iTunes and search Sydney Dance Company, then click subscribe. Also, feel free to rate and review the podcast. This helps us gain popularity on iTunes and exposes us to more listeners. A big thank you to you, the listeners, for your ongoing support of Sydney Dance Company. I'm looking forward to bringing you the next episode of Sydney Dance Company's Untamed series. I'm Daniel Roberts, and hey, thanks for listening. Sydney Dance Company is Australia's leading contemporary dance company. For more information regarding performances, adult dance classes and dance education, head to www.sydneydancecompany.com.